This is not your century. This is Not Your Century, where we celebrate the news and the news media of centuries gone by. I'm King Kaufman. August 8th, 1974. Therefore, I shall resign the presidency effective at noon tomorrow. Richard Nixon addressed the nation from the Oval Office at 9.01 p.m. Eastern Time. The speech was carried live on all of the TV networks and many radio stations. It was the first and still the only time an American president had ever resigned the office. He would be replaced the next day by Gerald Ford, who at the beginning of Nixon's second term, 19 months earlier, had been the House Minority Leader, a Republican congressman from Michigan who'd been in the House since 1949. He'd never won. He'd never even stood for anything other than a local congressional election. Nixon nominated him to be vice president in 1973 when Spiro Agnew resigned in a tax and fraud scandal. Now he would become president without any Americans ever having had the chance to vote for or against him unless they lived in Michigan's 5th district. Nixon had fought the Watergate scandal for two years, mostly pretty successfully. As late as June of 1974, opinion was split almost evenly between people who thought Nixon should be removed from office and those who didn't. More crucially, Nixon still had the support of enough Republicans in Congress, and especially in the Senate, to fight on even as impeachment hearings got underway. But the beginning of the end came on July 24th. The Supreme Court ruled in United States v. Nixon that the White House tapes had to be released in full not just as edited transcripts. On August 5th, the White House released what came to be known as the smoking gun tape. It revealed Nixon meeting with Chief of Staff H.R. Haldeman a few days after the Watergate break-in in 1972. Haldeman lays out what investigators knew, and then they talked about ways they could obstruct the FBI investigation. Nixon immediately lost the support of key Republican congressional leaders, including House Minority Leader John Rhodes and Senate Minority Leader Hugh Scott. Famously, on the afternoon of the 7th, Rhodes and Scott, along with Senator Barry Goldwater, went to the White House to tell Nixon he'd lost the support of Republicans in Congress and that his impeachment and removal from office was a certainty. That's when Nixon decided to resign. Throughout the long and difficult period of Watergate, I have felt it was my duty to persevere, to make every possible effort to complete the term of office to which you elected me. In the past few days, however, it has become evident to me that I no longer have a strong enough political base in the Congress to justify continuing that effort. Impeachment proceedings were dropped, but he was still vulnerable to criminal charges. That is, until September 8th, when the new president, Ford, made his own nationally televised address. Have granted, and by these presents do grant, a full, free, and absolute pardon unto Richard Nixon for all offenses against the United States which he, Richard Nixon, has committed or may have committed. Ford's approval rating had been at about 70% when he took office. America wanted to start again, and Ford, though he was Nixon's vice president, wasn't really seen as one of Nixon's guys. People trusted him. 
When he pardoned Nixon, he lost 20 points off his approval rating overnight, and he never recovered. In 1976, he was beaten for re-election by Jimmy Carter. This has been Not Your Century, a production of the San Francisco Chronicle. Audrey Cooper, Editor-in-Chief. Get great journalism today at sfchronicle.com. I'm King Kaufman. Talk to me on Twitter at King underscore Kaufman. We now return you to your century.